He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week and we're four rounds down already in the NBL season, Cody. It feels like it was only last week we were doing our season previews and looking forward to the season, but a month into it already and boy, there's plenty more to talk about. This is going to be another jam-packed hour. Tasmania Jack Jumpers, we've loved their defense the last two years, but Mm -hmm. they've got plenty of firepower this year, Cody. Melbourne United still looking pretty ominous. It's good to see the Adelaide 36ers respond 48 hours after another disappointing loss, but... Can't quite say the same at the Perth Wildcats, the Brisbane Bullets, and the Illawarra Hawks. Got some fascinating big men discussion to to have on, on this show as well, Cody. We've got some former NBL stars now on the free market from the mm. NBA, which has been surprising over the last week leading into the NBA season. We're here thanks to Hoop7 and Tab Touch. I'm Chris Pike, but the men you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks, the former Sydney Kings, the former Warwick Senators captain, Cody Ellis. Thanks for joining me. Mate, yeah, big weekend of basketball. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I feel like we say it every week, but uh, look, a couple of teams kind of separating themselves from the pack again, um, further from from both directions, the top and bottom. So, a uh, lot to uh, lot to talk about and a lot to unpack, but uh, it should be a good show. Sometimes when we're preparing for a show, we wonder how are we going to fill up an hour. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you put down the things we've got to talk about. We start talking, and this is going to be one of those weeks where. Actually, going to be tough to jam it into an hour. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think so. I think so. There is. There's, there's lots, lots going on, and uh, that's good. It's what you want. Absolutely. We're here thanks to Hoop Seven. So if you're in Perth at any point, head to the store on Murray Street. It just continues to grow, Cody. And head to hoopseven.com.au if you're anywhere else. As you get closer to Christmas, do you start to think about things for Chase? Oh, I've got to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Try and get in early. But yeah, no, that's uh, Hoop Seven will certainly be a stop for mm-hmm. me uh, for chasing. Having fun trying to. Trying to help people find some winners thanks to Tab Touch as well. Trying to, yeah, <laughs> trying to. Look, there's been a few that uh, have been pretty close. Mm. Um, I think one or two have come off, which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's uh, it's been fun. It's a whole new realm for me, yeah. uh, having never been out of bed on basketball. So uh, 
you know, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Even the exclusives we can now come up with to offer. So if you head to the TabTouch app or tabtouch.com.au, you can find our exclusives and we're basically creating bets out of nothing, which is which is good fun. Yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate the guys at Tab Touch for letting us uh, do that and have a bit of fun with yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Cody. Let's get stuck straight into the action, and I will give a shout out to our third co-host, or maybe you'll end up becoming our mascot, Elvis. Yeah. He's had a tough week losing his little chompers, so he doesn't have quite the same little little sharp bite anymore, and he's struggling to carry his little toys around. But hello to Elvis, and if he if you hear some noise in the background, that's who it'll be, and. Causing mischief, I think he's. I think he might have hit the yeah, wall a little he's bit. Passed out. He's uh, <laughs> he's done the done the run around the house when I when I came in, and uh, I think he's he's uh, ready to hit the hay, which is good. To be fair, I think this is the fav- his favourite time of the week when you, when you when you turn up. But he's he's hit the wall quickly. So hello to Elvis. But let's start with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Cody. Um, they've been such a hard team to play against the last mm. two years. So hard to score against. So defensively minded. So physical. But this year they're scoring. They've added firepower. Jordan Crawford is an absolutely offensive an offensive weapon, but so is Majuk Deng. I think he was a, an underrated signing, and I I watched him throughout the NBA One North season and couldn't believe no one wanted him. Yeah. In the end, you know Scott Roth came calling and and brought him in, and he's added ten points a game. But you know Milton Doyle's still doing what he's doing. Jack Mavay's doing what he's doing. But the addition of Jordan Crawford, and then you know someone like Anthony Drimmick as well, and especially against the Sydney Kings, their three scoring stars all performed, but they had so many. Points off the bench as well. They're they're an offensive, dangerous team right now too. Well, they are, and look, the, that's kind of been the one thing that they've been missing is that extra scoring punch. Um, you know, they they kind of had that a little bit in their first year, but mm. just not quite enough of it. Yeah, they've got two legit MVP candidates right mm. now. Mm. You know, in Crawford and Doyle, and I think um, last year they did miss Josh Adams, didn't they? Josh yeah. Adams was that little bit of a scoring X factor. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah, look, they've certainly found that in Jordan Crawford yeah. and. Uh, you know the explosion that happened in that first in the first few minutes of the fourth yeah. quarter against fourteen Sydney. straight points he scored on his unreal. own. Unreal! Yeah. It was unreal hitting kind of step back threes, and then they kind of left him wide open, and mm-hmm. then his little floater in the middle, and yeah. he was he just took over and he just turned that game on its head and kind of put it to sleep yeah. in in about a two or three minute stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, they've they've certainly got the firepower this year. I mean, Clint Steindl came in off the bench yes. and was unreal. You know, yeah. hit some big shots. You mm-hmm. know, when momentum was starting to swing Sydney's mm-hmm. way. Look, McVeigh's going to do what he does. Yeah. You know, Dang, again, he's a veteran of the league. Yeah. He, he understands the league. He's, he knows how to be successful in the league. And, I mean, getting him down low, his little baseline fadeaway mm-hmm. is almost unguardable. You, know, you, you can't get to it because his arms are so long and he's fading he, he, away. His wingspan must be 7'4". Seven, seven it's massive. It's a long wingspan. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, you've got a guy like Anthony Drimmick yeah. who hasn't found his feet yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's scary when you think about yeah. it that, uh, you know, the fact that they're scoring 91 points a game mm. for a defensive unit is, is very impressive. Yeah, 105 points against against Sydney, their highest yeah. ever score, and only a couple of weeks ago, 103 was their their second highest. They had 95 in the first game of the season mm-hmm. when they didn't play great, and they yeah. lost to the Wildcats. So I mean, it's not a one off one off thing. Even though the Kings lost to them on on Sunday, I feel like like we talked about last week, everything that we thought last week was reinforced where. Mm-hmm. I think Tasmania, Melbourne and Sydney are still a fair way ahead of the rest. Oh, they absolutely are. And look, I don't think Sydney was fantastic in this game against no, the Jack Jumpers. But still had a chance. Still had their chances, yeah. right? And then, again, you throw in DJ Hogue, yes. which um, hopefully he's in this week yeah. um, against his former team. And if Jalen Galloway doesn't get hurt as well. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I, I think uh, I think you're right. Those three teams are well and truly ahead of everyone. Um, and 
you know, at, at this point, it's kind of teams fighting for that fourth spot and then the playing game, yeah. last two spots. So um, it's, they're fun to watch. Jack Jumpers are fun to watch. Yes. Let's talk about the big man. Um, a lot to get through. And it, there was some great performances by mm. some of them. Alan Williams' return was terrific awesome. and goes to show what a dominant presence he can be and how good, it, how good it is to watch a big guy that, you know, has a good has a game that's an inside game. We don't have many guys with a post game in this league. So what he did in both games, firstly against Adelaide, 15 points, 13 rebounds, his first game back, had a, had a lot of fun. And then 21.6 rebounds against Brisbane. And similar to Rob Lowe last week, he had a lot of fun doing it in the face of Rocco Zakarski, yes. which is a learning curve for the 17-year-old. Um, Let's start with Big Sauce. Um, how good was it to see him back? Oh, it's awesome. And, you know, he, he kind of changes that team a lot. Yes. Um, I think he, he's really going to help out. And, you know, he's one of those guys that you could throw on any team in the league and mm-hmm. they'd just automatically be a better yeah. team. Yeah. Geez, he loved a celebration over the <laughs> he weekend, did, though, didn't he? he? Did, Goodness yeah. me. I After think every single Every basket, bucket, yeah. he brought out something <laughs> different, um, which, is, which is funny. And, look, it seems to be a thing a bit around the league. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few guys every time they make a bucket, yeah. they... Throw in some sort of yes. celebration, but uh, no. Look, it was it was awesome to see him back on the floor, and I'm sure he's been a welcome addition to the mm. to the squad. What about the 48 hours that Isaac Humphreys had? Um, it felt like against the Phoenix on Thursday night that CJ Bruton lost complete confidence mm. in him and didn't didn't play him. He only played 15 minutes, had two points and three rebounds. Um, that was in that game against Williams and the Phoenix. Um, we'll get to Adelaide and yeah, I guess the soul searching they did in between the games, but. He was the key to back them backing mm-hmm. up and responding against the Wildcats on on Saturday night. I kind of wonder how much the Wildcats might have made him look a little bit better than perhaps <laughs> he is. But full credit to Isaac for responding. 26 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 12 of 17 shooting. He was the difference in that game. He was an unstoppable force. Um, how tough is it to go from a Paul game on a Thursday night to then be a match winner on, on Saturday? Oh, it's tough. It's very tough to mm-hmm. do. You know, you can kind of mope around and just have your head down and all that sort mm. of um, stuff if you come out and you do have a game like you did against South East Melbourne. Mm. And, and you're right. Look, it, it seemed like CJ kind of lost his faith in him mm. or whether it was he just didn't like the matchup. Yeah. Um, Isaac was clearly frustrated in that game against South East. Yeah. You could see it on the court. Yeah. You know, I think he got – you said he had 2.3 rebounds, but I think he only had – Two or three shots. Yeah, you know that's that's not yeah. good enough. You know he's he's a marquee big man in this yeah. league, and he's he's one of the best big men, and yeah. he needs to be a focal point. We saw that against Perth, and look what he did. Yeah. You know he he should be a guy, especially on this team. He should be a guy averaging twenty and ten. Yeah, you know, or at least close to it. Like or getting a, getting enough touches to put up those numbers. Yeah. at least yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And look, he's he's talented enough to be able to do that. Yeah. So you know, I think. He certainly he certainly went to town on, on Perth. He mm-hmm. he uh he did that. I, I think you know obviously matchups are a big thing. You know it's it's tough and he does find himself in foul trouble every now and then. Yeah. You know which I mean so does everyone in the league. I mean yeah. this this round was so whistle heavy throughout the entire mm-hmm. entire round yeah. that it was it was kind of frustrating. Yeah. But um he's a game changer for them and mm-hmm. I think for them to kind of take that step forward while DJ's been an awesome mm-hmm. in for them. Mm-hmm. I still think uh, Isaac needs to be a focal point. Oh, he makes someone like DJ better as well because yeah. if he's a post presence, he can kick it out to yeah. DJ if you have to double him. Well, that's it. You know, I think he's only going to make everyone else better. Yeah. And then you got Wiley crashing the boards and, yeah. and all that fun stuff as well. So look, I think they've they've got their chances to be decent, but mm. you know, I, I do think that he needs to be that focal point for yeah. them. 
Yeah, I mean, the key is if they can do it against a better defensive yeah. team than the Wildcats, which we'll get to shortly. Um, as good as those two big men were, it's frustrating watching big men in the league right now because it feels like they're not allowed to play defense. We we were sitting here when we were recording last week watching Mango Madiang play against the Utah Jazz and watching what he can do defensively when he's allowed to. He can mm. be such a such a presence with his interior defense, such a great shot blocker, but yep. we watched one of his blocks against the Jazz last week and we thought that exact same block in the NBL would be called a foul. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. He, he didn't even last eight minutes mm-hmm. against Melbourne United on Sunday and before picking up his five fouls. Marcus Lee in a similar situation when he fouled out in just 18 minutes as well. Um, how frustrating would it be for a big man that you want to be... You get told by your coach to protect the rim, yeah. be, a, be a shot blocker and go for the shots, but anytime you have the slightest bit of contact, you get called for a foul and you can't stay on the court. How tough, tough is it? Yeah, it is tough. And, and look, it's one of those things that the league needs to start figuring out how to ref verticality, mm. right? You know, I think um, it, it is a lot tougher because it's something that happens nearly every play in the NBA, yeah. right? And yeah. It doesn't happen too often here because we don't have those same athletes. Mm. Um, but look, I think with Mango, it was tough because there was a couple of plays there where he was just not disciplined, right? Yeah. Off his feet, yep. and I think Marcus Lee is similar. No, they do have some silly fouls, no, yeah. no doubt. Reaching in fouls from a big guy is silly, but yeah. at the same time, you can compensate for that if you're not called for the other ones. You yeah. don't pick up the five fouls yeah, if you're no, only absolutely. getting a couple of those silly ones a game. No, definitely. I, I totally agree. They've also got to try and adapt, and it's, mm. it, it is. It's extremely frustrating, and especially as someone watching, it's frustrating yeah. too because you see that kind of stuff, and then you get blown for a foul, and it's just it's, it seems very inconsistent, mm. which again, is the frustrating part for A, us watching, but mm. as someone who's, who's kind of been through that, it's, it's frustrating as a player because it's, yeah. it's hard to adjust to. Big thing for, for especially those two guys, mm. I think they don't need to leave their feet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's where they get, you know, at least one or two of their fouls a game mm. is leaving their feet to try and sh- block a shot, yeah. right? They're both tall enough with big enough arm spans that they could sit there and stand straight up yeah. You're going to change the and, shot. And if you let the guy run into you. Yeah. Right, yeah. You're going to change the shot. It's not all about getting that block shot, right? Mm. You know, I think last year in the NBA, you know, best athletes in the world. Mm. League leader was, I think it was Jaron Jackson maybe mm. at three a game. Yeah. And that's high. Mm. Three for a whole game. Mm. That's, that's not a whole lot, <laughs> you know. So it, it's not always about getting that block. It's about changing the shot. Yeah. And I think that's where, especially those two, need to kind of adjust that little bit. Mm. But it'd be nice to be able to see some blocks and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff and let them play a bit and kind of use their size to an advantage because that's just what it is. It's their advantage. We've talked about the frustration for Aaron Baines as well. Mm-hmm. He's getting similar calls against yeah. him when he's playing. In the bigger picture, would it affect big guys wanting to play in the NBL, the fact that if they look into it and realise that the strengths of their game, they might not actually be able to show it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And, uh, you know, that's that's one thing about playing internationally though right mm. you've got to adjust to the league yeah. it's a different league it's it's ref differently and you know everyone knows that mm. um so yeah look i think the adjustments are the big thing and not letting it get to you not letting that you know those same fouls happen every single week and mm. you know making sure that you can stay on the court for your team yeah important for your selection as well in the best defensive player you need <laughs> mango to be able to stay on yeah, the court no, it's, yeah yeah so i think that's um <laughs> Yeah, I think that selection for me, unfortunately, is is gone already. I actually don't think so. I actually think he could be the best defensive player in the league, clearly. Yeah. 
It just needs to be allowed to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And look, it, it is what it is. It'll it'll be interesting to see how we go moving forward the next couple of weeks because, I mean, certainly on social media this weekend was a lot about how many whistles were blown throughout yeah, the whole week. Was, so, I mean, I think it was the Tasmania-Sydney game. There was 60 foul shots between them. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to see that many whistles. No, I think there was something like 48 or 49 fouls called throughout yeah. the game. And that's, yeah. you know, for a game that was really good and hyped up mm. and, you know, game of the round for sure, it was just so stop-start, stop-start. Yeah, um, 61, bet- 61 foul shots that yeah. they took between them. That's a lot. That's too many. We, we don't need to see that. But um, it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough because of how the league is now. There's mm. so much talent, so much IQ throughout the whole league that mm. people know how to draw that foul. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's, it's tough, but uh, hopefully we see a bit of a tighter whistle. Before we take our first break and get to a Perth Wildcats discussion, which I'm sure a lot of people are interested to see and hear your take on, Cody, let's take a positive look at the Adelaide 36ers. Mm. Um, you were concerned about them, and all of those concerns were well and truly justified with what we saw against the South East Melbourne Phoenix on Thursday night, where they were they were very disappointing on their home floor. They didn't fire a shot at all to lose to the Phoenix, and never looked like winning that game. Gave up a hundred points, and after that, the players got together on the Friday, had a players meeting. Um, can you take us inside what a players meeting like that would be like when your season is slipping away? You're playing poorly. Your body language looks mm-hmm. poor. Everything's going against you. What sort of things would have they discussed on that Friday? Oh, everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a good thing because if you've got the right people amongst the group, which I think you know from the outside looking in, they've got the right people mm-hmm. in the group, right? Mm-hmm. They're all professionals. They all understand, right? Mm-hmm. So you get into a players' meeting and you it, you just kind of put everything out there. You know, you, you call people out. It's not nothing personal. Yeah. You know, none of that stuff is personal, but it's all right. We need, if, if we're going to be successful, Isaac, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Wiley, this needs to happen. Yeah. DJ, this needs to happen. Um, it's just something that it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's early in the season for that, but mm-hmm. when you start the way they did, yeah. I think it was timed perfectly. And uh, one and five at that point. Yeah, yeah. It, it was timed perfectly for them. And, DJ coming in, and I think he was the one that called it, mm-hmm. I think worked well for him. And mm-hmm. it's something that as that guy just slotting in late, you know, not being there preseason and only being there for the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, I guess holding everyone accountable as well. I guess having seen what a winning culture is like the last two years as well would have yeah. helped him have that perspective. Yeah, and that kind of carries a bit of weight too into mm-hmm. those meetings. You know, you do listen to those guys who have been there, done that, yeah. been around that winning culture and been successful and DJ is certainly that. Mm. So look at it worked out for them against Perth, but it's gonna be interesting to see how they go against those teams that are uh, a bit higher in the ladder and, and then make make it harder for them. Playing yeah. a bit better, yeah. yeah. CJ Bruden made a lot of changes as well. Mm-hmm. For a lot of his coaching tenure, it seems like he's wanted to try to make his players happy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he plays them because he feels like he has to play them. That didn't happen on Saturday night. He shortened his rotation. He only played eight players yep. for the, the entire game. Everyone that hit the court played at least 16 minutes. So he trusted it, trusted those eight players, and that didn't include Trenton Flowers, Nick Marshall, Toe Smith-Milner, Rasmussen, and Alex Starling, mm-hmm. who all didn't hit the court at all, but it worked for them because everyone out there knew their role, knew what they had to do. Even Mitch McCarron didn't play yep. down the stretch, so it put a lot of faith in the guys that he had, had out there. Um, it worked for him. Um, I mean, does that take a lot of guts for a coach with, you know, in fairness, his career on the line to, mm. to trust in those eight players? 
Oh, it does. But I also think that it's all well and good to say, you know, we've got this deep, deep team and, mm. you know, everyone can play. But as we've seen with these guys, you know, the deeper you go into the bench, like, the more you fall off, yeah. right? Yeah. And then it gives those main players, it doesn't, they don't get into their rhythm. They, you know, they mm. honestly, it seems like some of them spit in the dummy when they come out and all that. Realistically, I think the best thing that they did was shorten the, the playing rotation, right? And we obviously saw that. And it's obviously going to change from week to week and even like game to game, depending on who you're playing. Mm. You know, some nights your, your matchups are going to be different and you're going to have to play some of these other guys. But just because they're on the roster doesn't mean they have to play. Absolutely. You know? yep. Some of the boys on the squad have, have come in and played and not really given a whole lot. Mm. That's something that, it needs to happen at this level. It's only a 40-minute game. It's, it's short now. You know, you don't have those, that extra, almost extra quarter mm. to be able to play with. Yeah. And again, it's not like the NBA where you have 82 games. You know, it's such a shorter season and every game matters. So I would suspect that we see a shorter rotation from these guys moving forward. Yeah. But again, if, if the others are starting to, to play well, you know, I think mm. they need to step minutes. up. Earn you minutes, you yeah. It's a fascinating one. Fascinating one with Adelaide. I mean, they did bounce back. They did look good, but we, we, we won't know until we see them play this weekend. But how much do you think they actually did improve or how much did Perth make them look good? Because, I mean, they dominated the rebounding count again, 51 to 40, 54 points to 32 mm. in the paint. Um, how do you, what's the balance between they looked good, but they might have been allowed to look good? It's somewhere in the middle there. Mm. I think they, they played easily their best game of the season. You could see that they shared the ball more. Their focuses were on on getting certain people the ball, and um, they actually looked desperate for the first time this season too. They did, they did. And I mean, you look at the other end of it, and you're right. Perth just kind of let them do what they want. Yeah. I think Perth right now are the worst defensive team in the league. If they're not by numbers, they at least look like they, it. <laughs> yeah, well, they certainly yeah. do. They certainly do. And yeah, look, I mean, I think it was a perfect game for Adelaide to kind of help try and turn their season around a bit or at least pump some confidence into them yes. to, to let them know, well, we can do this on the court. You mm. know, why can't we do it every every week? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they go this week. It will be. And speaking of the Wildcats, we'll talk about them when we come back. Let's take a quick break and hear from Tap Touch, Cody. Sounds good. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Cody Ellis, as always. Um, these Perth Wildcats discussions are, are tough. Yes. Cody, we, we wish we could talk about them in a more positive light, but it's a little bit difficult right now. Um, what's your dad's thoughts right now? He's sitting courtside at the <laughs> moment commentating and... I think if you even took in the Perth Glory game on the weekend, I, I heard from a, a little source that he was he was spotted at the the Glory game yes, with with yep. your with your mum. What's he making of things right now? Oh, like most Perth fans, he's frustrated. It's um, yeah, it's certainly not the the Wildcats everyone over here is has come to mm. to love. You know, it's completely different look team. They're they're playing completely different. You know, it's one of those things that when they were going through their super successful stint, it was always defense that they hung their hat on and, and rebounding yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of the complete opposite mm. of, of you know this team right now and then look they've been put together to be able to put points on the board but um they're just not quite clicking or gelling at the mm. moment and it's uh 
yeah, it's fairly interesting to, to see. There's a lot of fascinating things about their game against Adelaide. They were playing against a team under all sorts of pressure at a complete low-ebb confidence-wise, mm-hmm. and they were the fresher team, so it was the only game for the Wildcats of the weekend. Adelaide had played 48 hours earlier, but like we talked about before, it was Adelaide that looked like the most desperate team. They looked like the hungry team, but some things really stood out. Corey Webster looked like their best offensive weapon on the night. Mm-hmm. Didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, he had 14 points and shot 6 of 10. Um, Ty Webster had a pretty good game as well. He, he pushes the pace. He makes them move a bit faster, but he took a knock to his knee and he also fouled out, so yep. he didn't play down the stretch. Alex Saar only played 12 minutes and 30 seconds. To me, he's someone that could have troubled Isaac mm-hmm. Humphreys a little bit more with his, with his length. Yep. Um, David O'Quera didn't play at all. He's someone that is a former teammate of, of Humphreys as well. He's got that little bit of length as well, and he's a good rebounder. Mm-hmm. To me, he's someone that was worth chucking in there to see if he could do something. Only was it back in round two. Ben Henschel was a match winner when he had 24 yeah. points. He didn't hit the court at all. We talked about all those things that Adelaide were doing, being desperate for the loose ball. That's exactly what Hiram Harris does, brings that energy. He didn't play at all. Jesse Wagstaff playing his 450th game started. Did, did a couple of nice things. Took a charge against mm-hmm. DJ Vasilovic. He only played six minutes for the entire game. What do you think on all of that? Oh, yeah, it's a lot to unpack. <laughs> so it's, it, it is. And Saar changes them defensively a lot as soon as he steps on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I, I spoke about uh, Mango and, and Marcus Lee before about changing shots. It's exactly what Saar does, right? All he has to do is stand there, put his arms up. Yeah. And, and he's seven foot, seven foot five, isn't he? I he's think so, something crazy like that. And, you know, like I said, he, he completely changed their defense, right? Because he bolsters that inside. Um, 12 and a half minutes. I don't remember seeing him in the first quarter. Mm. I don't know if it was till you know, very late, yeah. either very late or start of the second that we saw him. And, I mean, 12 and a half minutes, I think for a team that had a big man going to work on them is, is yeah, I mean, that's not ideal, right? Um, we haven't really seen a queer at all this year. No. I mean, he's, he's barely played. Hiram mm. uh, Harris, I think, a tough one as well because he, he comes in, he, he changes their defense as well. He, just with his energy. Yep. You know, I think he's, in the limited minutes he's had so far this year, he's come on and he's kind of done that nitty-gritty... Yep. Stuff that used to be the key for the Wildcats. Yeah. Dive on the loose ball. He'd you know be physical with someone. He'd after a play, he'd, he'd, you know, knock a ball out of someone's hand or yeah. just that, very that, similar to Greg Hire, that sort of role. Yeah, that that antagonizer, yeah, yeah. right? I think is, is is kind of the way to put it. And yeah, didn't touch the court either. Mm-hmm. You know, again against his old team. Yeah. Who, yeah. Um, ben Henschel for me is is mm-hmm. one that I'm just so confused about. I think. You know, all of the talk in the preseason about he's going to be the face of the Cats mm-hmm. and all this all this kind of thing, and then comes out, doesn't play in the first game. Yep. Comes out second game, it has, I think it was 25 yeah, points yeah. on unreal shooting as well. Yeah. Like, it was not on a ton of mm. <laughs> shot attempts. Yeah. And, you know, I think he was, I think it's the highest score for a Aussie in their first game mm. and first ever to top score, I think, yeah, for your yeah, team, I, I yeah, believe, something yeah, along yeah. those lines. And and then, you know, gets a couple of minutes here and there in the next mm-hmm. game. And it has to be tough for those guys because they don't know when their minutes are coming. And, yeah. like, I, I do understand, you know, we, we did talk about Adelaide shortening their roster. That worked for them, yeah. right? I don't think it really did for the Cats in this point. And well, you have to shorten it the right way. You do. <laughs> you do. And 
you look at a guy like um, Usher, comes in, talks up, I want to be Defensive Player of the Year. You know, that's mm-hmm. my goal this year. Have you seen him show anything to suggest he's even a decent defender? No. No, mm-hmm. there was one there was one play where I was I had to pick up my jaw from the floor <laughs> where Isaac caught it Isaac Humphreys caught the ball kind of just off the block, mm-hmm. right? And Usher was guarding him. I think they might have been in a zone mm-hmm. of some yeah. description. I couldn't really tell because mm-hmm. it's hard to tell what yeah. they're in. Took one dribble and Usher stood there like a damn statue and Isaac just went and got probably the easiest layup of the night. You can like, understand if you're getting blown by by Jordan Crawford. Yeah. You shouldn't be getting blown by by Isaac Humphreys. No, and I just, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough right now. It's, it's, mm. it's really strange to see, and it seems like they don't know what their defensive identity is. And mm-hmm. there's no one to, you know, grab the next person by the scruff of the neck and call them out and this is what we're doing, this is what we need to do. There's no one talking. It looks very quiet on the yeah. defensive end. There, there's not. doesn't sound like there's a word there. Mm. You didn't have to worry about that back in the Damo no. days, right? Because <laughs> no. you had Damo, you had Greg, yeah. those guys yeah. all yelling and screaming yeah. at you. And that's the best way to play defense, be super vocal. Because yeah. then you all know you're on the same page. They're all on different books, let alone the, mm. <laughs> let alone the same page. So it's, uh, yeah, look, it's 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 fairly interesting. Um I'm I'm not sure how you change it right now. Mm. They've, they've got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And then it's the guys that do have the ball in their hands in important mm. moments. So this is nothing against Michael Harris, who will be a very good good player in the league. Yeah. He's a talented player, but he's a development player. He's playing at he, – clearly John really rates him higher than Ben Henschel right now because he's playing mm. – they play a similar role and he's backing in Michael Harris, who played more than 16 minutes, and he finished with zero points and shot zero or four. But – in the big moments, he's the guy that's got the ball in his hands. Yeah, uh, I was dumbfounded from that last play or last couple of plays in that game where they'd cut it to five points and, you know, I think they got a stop or something like that, called a timeout, advance the ball, minute to go, down five, all right, need a score. Mm. No matter what it is, mm. need a score. Mm. Kick it in, kick it into him at the very top. He had the ball for the whole possession. Um, Bryce was on the weak side. Usher passed it into um, Harris. Looked like Usher was meant to clear out and let Bryce come off the turnout. Usher stuck around for too long. So by the time Bryce was coming off that turnout, Usher was still there and then just started to cut away. Yeah. So that kind of ruined it all, right? Yep. Then Harris, shot clock running down. You've only got 14 when you advance the ball. Yes. you only got 14 seconds. Has to take a one dribble kind of sidestep contested three. I'll admit that he is probably one of their better shooters on yes. the team, yeah. right? He's definitely top two or three, hmm. and that's fine. But he's got to be one of those guys that's either sitting in the corner dragging in his defender to open up the lane, or he's got to be coming off a turnout, you know, on the opposite side to Bryce. Hmm. He shouldn't be the one with the ball at the top and then, oh, I have to make a play right now. Yeah. It puts him in a terrible position, yeah, right? Yeah, it's nothing against him. Absolutely just not. Shouldn't it's, be in that situation. Just, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, I think next play he had to jack up another one. Yeah, you know, late in the clock yeah. because it got to the point where it's like, all right, well, we need to just get a three up. Yeah. And there was another play late in the game where it's Christian Doolittle taking a contested three contested right in the three. corner from the five guys they had on the court. He's the he's the fifth option mm. on offense, surely. I think they. Had, I think he had Bryce that. <laughs> One pass away as yeah. well, who was pretty wide open. Yeah. 
they don't seem to have any kind of direction at the moment. Is what it seems like looking looking from the outside looking in. So yeah, look, they feels like they're not held to account either. No. Is that is that how it looks? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. There there is a lot going on, and especially for this club that's been so successful for so long to have now a, a third year starting off the way it has yeah. it's uh you got the red army kind of bit up in arms and well, i have to be a bit restless surely very much so very much so so it would have been a uh, interesting week on the training track i'm sure but you know got a chance to go out and write the ship this week but uh <laughs> they've got to have changed a bit i think We've never seen Bryce Cotton go through this sort of a stretch either. Two of 15 shooting he had against Adelaide, 11 points. Um, how much is it that he's in a form slump or a shooting slump? Or how much is it the situation he's put in where everything he's trying to do is so damn hard? Yeah, look, a bit of both, I think. Mm. He's he's not getting those easy looks yeah. like like he used to. But I, I do think that's because he's probably not getting things run for him properly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And I think a lot of that does come down to the big screening for him too. And this is something that I noticed throughout the whole league over the weekend is that it seems like bigs are scared to set screens now. You know, a lot of it is just, oh, I'm meant to set a screen here instead of this is where I'm meant to set it. But my guy's over here. Let me go ahead. They're very half-hearted with the screens, aren't they? They they pull out of them very quickly. They do. And look, a lot of that has to do with the emphasis on moving screens this year from the umpires, the refs. And, I don't know. It's it used to be a nightmare mm-hmm. playing against the Cats because mm-hmm. they had the big bodies setting big screens. Um, they just don't have that now. Keanu could be an unbelievable screener. Yeah. Saar could be just because he can yes. be so wide. Yeah. You know, even even like Doolittle could yeah. be. He's a big body. Yeah. Usher could set some good screens. Harris when he comes in, mm-hmm. Hiram Harris when mm-hmm. he comes in, set some good screens. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to get Bryce going because he's being hung on to and the way to slow down Bryce is to be physical with him, right? That's what's happening, but no one on the team's helping him get open. So I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure it's very frustrating because everything he's trying to do is a slog and a grind and he's not getting an open shot. He's not getting into the rhythm of his game where we've seen in the past he gets those few cheap ones and all of a sudden, all right, I'm feeling good. Mm. Now those shots that are contested right now, they're the ones that used to go down because it's like, well, he's already seen the ball go through two or three times. Mm. He's feeling good. doesn't matter who's in front of him now. He's not getting those. They're just the shots he gets is those contested ones. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because you're right. We haven't seen this kind of Bryce before. Um, Does he find a way out of it or, or does he need his coach to help him? Get out of it. I think it's a bit of both, but I think it's also a bit of his teammates helping him out as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, I I really don't think they have a pure point guard. No, don't. And that's kind we've, of we've, we've talked about that we in have. every single episode. We yeah. have, you know, you know, he was super successful and he had Damo running the show, and then right? he had Mitch Norton. He had Norto running the show because they knew what plays to get him going. You know, what to run for him, how to yeah. get him a good shot, and that's what they need to do because he. While they've got all this firepower, and that's great, Bryce needs to be the focal point. I feel like everyone of those weapons are worried about their own mm. game rather than helping their teammates get better. Yeah, a little bit. And Bryce becoming Bryce again is only going to help the rest of the team. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's silly to think otherwise, mm. you know. 
okay, he 15 shots for Bryce. I mean, that's what he should average. He should average at least oh, 15 shots, sure. you know, yeah. in this team. Yeah. Two for 15, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, that's that's not the Bryce that we know. Yeah. You know, it's it's on everyone. It's on everyone. It's on, it's on Bryce to start calling people out as well, I think. Obviously, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, but I think he needs to start being that because he is now. He's that leader on the yeah. – has to be the leader of that team because he's really he's, him and Jesse are the two that have been there through you know the past five years now five six years they're the only championship winners left aren't they I think so I think so so you know it's it's going to be interesting to see I, I actually expected the Adelaide game to be his coming coming out party mm. and him light them up yep. didn't happen <laughs> same it's kind of very similar to what we've seen so far this season from the Cats unfortunately Feels like they need an easy kill, yes. and potentially that's what they might get on Friday night against the Brisbane Bullets. And no disrespect to the Bullets, because I think at full strength that they, they can be a good team and they will be a good team. But right now, mm-hmm. without Aaron Baines for the next two games, and it looks like they'll be without Shannon Scott with another hamstring injury as well. Um, that could be their two most important players. Yeah, it definitely can can be. I think considered that. I think you know. I think Shannon Scott for them with the addition of Norto was their two biggest pickups in the mm. off season and two of the bigger pickups for anyone in the off season just purely because of where Brisbane were mm. and you know what they kind of needed in that veteran leadership and we haven't been able to see a full season of Shannon Scott unfortunately no. and it looked like he was in a bit of pain with, with that hammy um on the weekend but he just looked more distraught than anything I think he just looked upset at the fact that you know, something like this has happened again. And, and he's done it. He, he has done yeah. a hamstring before. Yeah. So I guess once you've done it before, you know. You certainly do. You, you certainly know when the, when you ping it again. So it's not ideal. And I think he's been really good for them. He's, he's been aggressive. You know, he's, he's kind of run the show a bit for them. And I think it's it's frustrating. And it's frustrating to see because I think Brizzy can be a really, really good team in this league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at full strength. Obviously, that'd be that'd be tough, but you know, two of your main players down now, it's it's not ideal. How much are they missing Aaron Baines? I mean, I feel like he's the absolute perfect matchup in this league for Alan Williams. Without him, um, Big Source dominated them. Um, how much are they missing him? Yeah, look, I, th- I think missing him probably more on the defensive end than yeah. anything. I think offensively, he still hasn't found his feet yet, or they haven't really found a way to... Or haven't put him in position. Yeah, yeah, haven't figured out how to incorporate him into their system yet. But defensively, I think he's a big key for them. Just that big body in there. Yeah. And not just the big body, because they've certainly got big bodies in, in Ty Harrison yeah. and, and Rocco. But that smart, smart big yeah. who understands the defensive end. Especially when Harrison got in foul trouble as well. He had three fouls early in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. And, and not scared to call people out as well if yeah. they miss an assignment. So well, they're really missing him, I think. And uh, yeah, not ideal, because then you've got to... You know, young kids still in high school <laughs> yeah. playing big minutes. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not ideal. No, and they've still got Perth and Tasmania this weekend without, Tough without him, and yeah, probably without Scott. Um, the biggest reason why I felt like both Shannon Scott and Mitch Norton were such good additions for Brisbane was to take the ball out of Nathan Sobey's hands more. And I feel like Sobes's heart's always in the right place, where he feels like him having the ball in his hands is the best for the team because he has that self confidence. But I feel like he puts too much pressure on himself to be the guy that has to make the play and then he, he drives or takes some bad shots and it doesn't always lead mm-hmm. to good things with the games on the line. But 
having Shannon Scott there and having Mitch Dalton there was supposed to take the ball out of his hands more and have guys create for him. Mm. He could be such a good player if he's got other guys creating for him. Now that Shannon Scott's out, do you feel like Sobes will feel like he needs to do even more? Oh, I think so. And I, look, I think he has to, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been a bit of a you know, relearning curve for mm. Sobes because in the past couple of years, he's had to be that guy that's like, all right, give me the ball, you know, because there's really not been a whole lot of other options mm-hmm. for him. And, I mean, we've seen him be, you know, MVP contender almost for, for a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. And, and his his game is very well suited to the league. Yeah. Um, I think adding Shannon Scott and Nordo was perfect for him. And I think we saw it in the first couple of games where it just looked like he came out more relaxed. Yeah. And I think that's where he's at his best. Yeah. You know, having having those guys run plays for him, get him, you know, a little backdoor dunk or, you know, something like that. Yeah. With Shannon Scott out, he's going to have to have the ball in his hand more. Um, and you're right. I think, you know, Nordo's obviously going to have to step up and play some bigger minutes now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, Sobes needs to be their focal point because he is. He's their best player on that team. Yeah. But, uh Hopefully they can still figure it out um, with with Scott on the sideline a bit. We'll get to our preview shortly, and I'll ask you about Mitch Dalton coming back to Perth and potentially even starting now, which is a a nice little little bit of synergy for him. Yeah. Um, before we take another break, um, let's see if anything else jumped out that we haven't touched on. We've touched on a lot already yeah. out of round four, Cody. But the, the round started back last Thursday night, as we've talked about the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix beating the Adelaide Thirty Sixes one hundred two to eighty five. Then. Probably not as emphatic as we thought, but still a pretty comfortable win for Melbourne United against the Aurora Hawks, 101-91. to Then we saw on Saturday, South East Melbourne Phoenix beating up on the Brisbane Bullets, 96-73. to And then Adelaide 36ers over the Perth Wildcats, 89-78. to Then two games on Sunday, Melbourne United against the New Zealand Breakers, in fairness, an exhausted New Zealand Breakers yep. by the end, 97-88. to And then the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, 105-95 to against the Sydney Kings, We've touched on most of those, but anything that we've missed that you might want to want to mention, Cody? Uh, oh, look, probably a couple of things. Just Melbourne, kind of doing what it takes to get it done. Yep. You know, without telling. Yeah, yep. nothing emphatic about it, like you said, against the Hawks. Hawks kind of stuck around and, yep. and kept with them for a bit, and then just the experience and and yep. the the depth and the quality of players that Melbourne have just kind of got them over the line at, at the end there. And and then against New Zealand, you know, similar thing. I think. Tough on the back of a double, but no excuses against a team that's no. come from the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what, thought, about, what about Ian Clark and Chris Golding? They went eight unreal. of ten from three between. Yeah. They were unreal, and just again, just timely shots. Yeah. Just just hit some big shots, and Clark in the corner just to put it, just mm. to blow it back out to yeah. ten points with I think a minute and a half to yeah. go, just to seal it was huge. But I think the turning point in that one was um, I think it was probably three or four minutes to go in the fourth quarter and Shea Ely Steele at half court yes, to yes. a Huck Porty dunk yeah. that just kind of changed the momentum because yeah. it seemed like New Zealand were making a push back at him. Yeah. And uh, surprise, surprise, Shea Ely making a, mm-hmm. a big play. But no, look, I think they're just doing what it takes to get it done. And the thing I love about them is it's they share the ball so well. It yeah. doesn't matter who's yeah. scoring. You know, one night Goulding could be the one lighting it up. Mm-hmm. They find it, right? Another night, it could be Clark lightening up. They find him. Yeah. Huck Porty's got a good matchup. Yeah. All right, let's feed him. Let's go to work. I think. And they're blending back in Luala Chul now, too. Yeah. And, you know, he, he kind of found his feet a bit again. Yeah. Um, I think he had 16 on the, uh, against New Zealand. Yeah. He's, you know, you add him in and mm. it's tough. You know, hopefully Delhi can get back soon. And yeah. 
and uh, and really get that thing rolling because I mean they're obviously the team to beat. I mean you're right, it's their depth, isn't it? And the the, the willingness to share. Mm-hmm. I mean we talked about with the Wildcats that they've got a similar depth, but maybe they don't share it. But in both of these games, Melbourne had six guys scoring in double figures. Yeah, and you know that's how do you guard that? Yeah, you know yeah. it's one of those things. You know it's all well and good to be you know to have a, a stud that's going to score you know twenty five a game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if no one else can score above 10, then you're in trouble. They've got pretty much one through 12 can freaking score yeah, yeah. in double digits at any given night. So, yeah. you know, quite the opposite of, of, you know, some of the teams we've spoken about and shorting, shortening their rotations. I think Dean has that advantage of, well, I can put anyone in and, you know, they'll play their role. And if, if not, then I'll drag them. And that's fine because, you know, we've got someone else that can step up and, and play. Absolutely. All right, Cody, let's take another deep breath. When we come back, let's turn our attention to round five in the NBL. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustlin'. It's hard to believe that we're talking about round five already, Cody. Yes, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, actually, yeah, it's it's pretty wild, really. All right, let's get stuck into it. So we're here thanks to TabTouch. So head to the TabTouch app or tabtouch.com.au and our job is to try and help you find some winners, Cody. So let's do our best. Starts with a doubleheader on Thursday night. This is a tough one to, to predict. So the New Zealand Breakers finally getting home. They would have only had three nights to, to sleep in their own beds before having to hit hit the court again and... Play host to the Adelaide 36ers, who I'm fascinated to find out if they actually have turned a corner or if the Perth Wildcats made them look better than they, they might be. Yeah, this it's a tough one. And look, I think New Zealand is probably ahead of where I thought they would be at this point of the year. It's uh, funny, even though they lost to Melbourne, there's a lot to like about what yeah, they did. No, they did. They looked really good, mm. and especially coming off you know that long trip from, from the States. So I expect Adelaide to have turned a corner for sure. But I think that New Zealand is probably just that bit too good for them at the moment, and uh, certainly with them being back home, I think uh, I think the the Breakers fans will be there and and uh, and nice and loud for them. Yeah, it's been a long wait for them, and it's also been a long wait for the Keynes Taipans, who are back in action on Thursday night. They're in Wollongong. They haven't played since October seven in the NBL. Yeah. Obviously, two nights to forget against yeah. their NBA opponents, but they were never close to full strength, so we can't take too much out of it. But the Illawarra Hawks hosting the Cairns Taipans, very interesting one. Yeah, look, we we saw the Hawks kind of, I guess, hold their own yeah. against Melbourne. Um, obviously, still got a heck of a lot to improve on, mm. but I, I think they, they had a better game against Melbourne. Cairns, I think, obviously, like you said, two games to forget mm. um, over in the States for them, unfortunately, mm. but goodness me, were they underhanded, yes. you know, having to get... Alfred Payton in, which was really good for them. Yeah. I think um, a bit of veteran leadership would have, would yeah. have been good for them. Yeah. Um, but look, hopefully, hopefully they're close to full strength. Well, hopefully, we see Armstrong for the first time in the in the NBL. Hopefully, McCall's mm. healthy, and I assume he's now a father as well. Mm-hmm. I think that part of his trip back to the US. So yeah. hopefully, he's on a high from that. But hopefully, the big fellas Meninga and Wardenberg are, are good to go too. Yeah, well, it wasn't good that we saw Armstrong in a boot over no. in the states and. Um, yeah, hopefully that was just, you know, being a bit cautious and, mm. and getting ahead of things. But, they really uh, don't have a point guard without him. No, no, they don't. And 
look, I, I do think it's going to be a tough one. This will probably be a bit closer than I would have originally said. But mm. um, I think... Is that a point where it's a must-win game for the Hawks? Well, it is. It, it has to be. Cairns, I think, even though they've only played, I think, two or three games. Three. Three, three games. Yeah. I think it's sitting in that top four. Yeah, look, which is, you know, a bit skewed mm. for the time being. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's an absolute must-win for the Hawks. And... You know they're sitting one and four right now, and I think if they lose this, and if they don't at least show some signs of We've got Melbourne on Sunday afterwards, afterwards, I know some 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 sort of positives. It's uh, to be interesting to see what happens uh, in that group and, and whether the coaching staff sticks around. Well, there we go. We'll wait and see. Um, Friday night, two more games. These are these are two big games for all four clubs involved. Firstly, at the top top end of the standings. We've got the Tasmania Jack Jumpers and Melbourne United, and I'm sure Melbourne hasn't forgotten what happened in that last quarter, mm-hmm. last time the two teams played. But for whatever reason, Jack Jumpers seem to have a bit of the wood over over United. Yeah, they do a little bit. It's uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those things that they slow the game down to a certain tempo that I think Melbourne doesn't necessarily enjoy playing. Yeah. I mean, look with the firepower they have this year, you know, mm. it shouldn't be an issue mm. too much. But uh, I, I still think without Kind of that leadership of Delhi out there, it does hurt mm. them a little bit. Um, this is, yeah, this is set up to be a, a wicked game. So I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I'm going to go with Tassie on this one, I think. So many matchups that immediately spring to mind. You've got Illy and Crawford in, in the backcourt. You've got Marcus Lee against his old team. So mm-hmm. he'll come up against both Luala uh, Chul and, and Hart Porty. You've got someone like Doyle up against Golding. You've got Clark against. You know, someone like a Drimmick. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of fascinating matchups. Even even probably Jack McVeigh and Luke Travers match yeah. up a fair bit. Yeah, it's going to be like I said. I'm really looking forward to this one because it's going to be a lot of fun. Different end of the scale: the Perth Wildcats and the Brisbane Bullets. We're talking about must-win games. This is a must-win game for the Wildcats. Yeah. No excuses in this in this game. Coming up against a Bullets team likely without Shannon Scott, absolutely without Aaron Baines. Um, Brisbane have struggled at RAC Arena traditionally. The Wildcats will be celebrating the 450th game of Jesse Wagstaff. Mm-hmm. This is as must win the game as you can get. Yeah, it really is. For both teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, it's it's a tough one. I think there's going to be lots of hype around Jesse's 450th, mm. and that's an unbelievable feat. Mm. You know, just just uh, to, to be able to play that many games in general is, is, is awesome. But with the resume he's put together yeah. is... is but he's second to none, really. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so impressive. So, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of hype around this game. Um, I think the Red Army will come out in force, you know, if not to watch the game, but just to get around Jesse more <laughs> yeah, than anything, yeah. I think. So, you know, hopefully the hopefully the Cats can, can figure it out and, and get up for him. Mm. Um, they've kind of gotten lucky in, in the fact that they're running into a, a wounded Brisbane team, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, you know, if, if there was ever a game that they could just free swing at, this would probably be it. Yeah. I'd expect there'd be no Shannon Scott and obviously no Bainsy still. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nordo's first game back at REC. Oh, well, you know, Without Scott, does he start? I think he has to. Yeah. I, I really think he has to, which I, I think is good for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for them and, and it's good for Nordo. And, well, he'll get you know, right up in the grill of Bryce from the start. He certainly will. <laughs> he certainly will. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. I, I, do, think, I do think the Cats get it. Because yeah, look, Brisbane—it's not been a, a happy stomping ground no. for Brisbane over over this way mm. in, the, in the West, um, especially when they're a bit depleted at the moment. What will the emotions be like for for Nordo, Do you think coming back here for the first time? Oh look, he's too level-headed to let it really affect him. Yeah. I think, and yeah. 
Look, I'm he sure won't, he won't get booed though, really, like Travis yeah. did. I hope not. Yeah. You know, I, I, if anything, he deserves a bloody round of applause. <laughs> you know, for for what happened last year and what he went through, and you know how positive he kept, and um, you know the professionalism that that he showed, and mm. you know which to me is not the least bit surprising with no. a guy like Nordo. So yeah, he'll. I think the best thing for him is starting, yep. so he's not sitting on the bench with those nervous jitters. Yeah. Um, but you know he'll he'll do all he can to to get them over the line, and uh, you know it, it'll be a it'll be a fun one for him, I'm sure. Two more games on Saturday, Cody. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. A bit of time to freshen up, but also with some momentum now, the way they've been playing, and hopefully at full strength. I know mm. there's a little bit of a doubt over Will Cummings, I think, but hopefully they're close to full strength. Up against New Zealand Breakers, who boy they they get home for three nights, and then they've got to head straight back to Melbourne on on Friday. Yeah. So it's it's tough for them. It is. It is tough for them, but you know that's part of going over to the states. Is you got to come back up and make up for those games, yeah. right? So I think Southeast are looking really good right now, and mm-hmm. you know slotting Alan Williams back into that lineup was was huge for them. Um, I, I reckon they get this one. Well, they'll certainly be the fresher team leading coming into it. Um, but again, another another game with with some pretty cool matchups. That mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fun to watch. So, oh, did, did Cheatham try to stop Big Source? <sighs> Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, or, or does Mango does Mango start there? I don't know. It's a it's a tough mm. one, right? Because I'm I'm sure Mango will probably start there just for that mm. extra bit of length. Yeah. But Source is so good at drawing a foul, mm. so it's going to be an interesting one to yeah. see. Speaking of matchups, I mean, Creek and Delaney have had a long-standing sort of rivalry over their careers. Mm-hmm. This will be their first time playing since Finn's come back into the league too. Yeah, yeah, and look, he. Finn didn't over didn't look overly great the other night. No, still working back from a torn groin, which will, will take a bit of time. Definitely, he kind of he, he looked a bit all over the place, not mm. really sure what or where to go. Yeah. And and look, he's he's going to work his way in, and when, once he gets full strength and you know understands his role and, and what is needed of mm. him, he's going to change that team. Is it just me, or does he look strange in a number seventy jersey? Yeah, too? It looks weird. Yeah. Looks very strange. <laughs> it does look very strange. So no, look, hopefully he can get back to form. You know, as much as possible. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's good to have him back in the league. Second up on Saturday, rematch from the the playoffs last year. The Kings Taipans their first home game since coming back up against the Sydney Kings, and I think just at least from a storyline perspective, mm-hmm. let's hope DJ Hogue is there for for his first game for the Kings up against his his old team. Yeah, and look at from everything we're reading, it sounds like he will be mm. ready to go. Um, so fingers crossed that does come through. Mm. But yeah, look. Interesting game. I think Sydney are just too good, um, especially you throw DJ Hogan there. Yeah. And look, he's he's ready to go. I wouldn't expect he gets big, big minutes. Mm. I think they'll you know, throw him in there in, in bits and pieces just to get his feet back under him and his fitness back. Um, he seems like the sort of guy that's so composed that I wouldn't imagine he'd be that rusty either. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It'll be, probably be more his wind, yeah. you know, getting that yeah. game fitness back. It's uh, can't can't get that game fitness without actually mm. playing games. It's uh, It's a completely different kind of fitness, so... Yeah, look, I, I think Kings probably get that fairly handily, you know, especially with Cairns coming off a double. And needed to bounce back from a loss as yes, well. very much so. Two games on Sunday. We had this discussion last week. Mm. Are you scared for the Aurora Hawks heading to <laughs> Melbourne to take on Melbourne United on Sunday? Uh, look, it's a different ball game going into Melbourne yeah. than, uh, than going into, into Illawarra, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's tough. Look, both of them coming off a double, you know, on the back end of a double, so... I don't think it'll be the prettiest game in the world, um, but Melbourne should get that done, you know, fairly handily. Last game of the round, 
back in Brisbane for the Brisbane Bullets against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Again, we expect Brisbane both without Scott and Baines having to come back from Perth on Friday night. Jack Jumpers also coming back from playing on on Friday, but it's not quite the same trip from Perth. Um, what are you What are you expecting? Yeah, it's gonna it's a, it's a tall ask to ask Norto to run around after Jordan Crawford for you know after running around after, after Bryce. Bryce yeah. <laughs> so it's a tough double for yes. for those guys. But uh, yeah, I think again it's it's one of those things that it's at that point of the year already where Brisbane can't afford to keep dropping games. I mean, well, no, they're already two and four. They've lost the last four. If they lose yeah. on Friday, they're two and five. Yeah, and then drop this yeah. one. It's six game losing streak. So it's tough. a long way back, right? And again, another team that's kind of had no luck with injuries. Obviously, Baines is not being an injury, but uh, yeah. you know, Scott being an injury. Look, I, I just expect that Tazzy's probably got too much firepower for him, and then we'll get that one. Last thing to talk about, Cody, before we wrap things up. Um, News out of the NBA this week. We've seen, firstly, Joe Wreath was waived, and then Jack White joined him. And now, as of we're recording this, Xavier Cooks also by the Washington Wizards has been waived. Um, I guess nothing really surprises you about the NBA, but mm. were you surprised? Uh, a little bit with Zave more than anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Duop looks like he's picked up a uh, a two way contract, yes. um, which which is good for him. Um, not sure what's going to happen with Jack White or Zave though. You no, know, interesting to see that. The Wizards signs Ave on a two-year deal. Yeah, I I thought if you'd sign a guy on a multi-year deal, you must have had big plans for him. Mm, you'd think so. So interesting to see that happen. But again, the NBA is what it is, and mm. this stuff happens all of the time. Yes. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with these guys. You know, I, I think there's certainly room for them back down here. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if any of them wanted to come back, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure they could find their feet somewhere. Yeah. But you know, I think you know you've obviously got the G League there over as well, and. You're closer to the action. If if you get a call up, you yeah. can be there within twelve hours. Yeah. Not in oh yeah, I'll be there in forty eight, yeah. but I'll be exhausted and I need a day. And yeah. so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with these three. Well, I guess immediately we've seen Duop find his way yeah. back onto a two way deal, so he'll be playing in the G League. But he's he's there available mm-hmm. if if they need to to call on him to play in the NBA straight away. It's probably a two part thing where. The best thing for the, for the guys is probably to stay and play in the G League and yep. hope for a two-way deal because then they're ready to step straight back into the NBA. But the NBA clubs will be will be calling. I'm sure they've already received calls, or at least their their management has received yeah. calls because there'll be NBA clubs that would find room for them. Well, we know what's happening with Dorp, but what do you expect to happen with Zave and, and Jack? Look, I think they find themselves in the G League somewhere yeah. purely for the availability yeah. um, and, and that chance of a call-up, I think. Yeah, you're right. There's definitely been teams reaching out to both oh, of their management. Absolutely, there has to be. But they've got pretty big price tags now. You know, that's sure. that's the other big thing. And it's and any team that brings them in would have to cut someone yeah, to do it. They certainly would. So, you know, it's probably those lower teams on the ladder that would have to do it. Mm. But those teams lower on the ladder, the ones that don't quite have the same budget as, <laughs> no. as the as the you know the higher teams. So yeah, look, I I do expect that they end up in the G League somewhere. Hypothetically, if they come to the NBL, could you imagine Zave playing anywhere but the Sydney Kings? Yeah, no, but we thought that with DJ as well. Yes. So who knows? No, it's it's very interesting, right? He's a different character than DJ, though. Yes. I mean, I would be surprised. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think so. But I mean, it's it's a very interesting one because I'm. 
you'd fit him in absolutely. Mm. But you know, who would you cut? Whose minutes would you take? Well, they they work so hard to replace him. Yeah, it's, it's hard to see how he would fit. But mm. he's so good. I guess you you'd find a way. But it probably means that the roles of DJ Hogan, Jalen Galloway, diminish. Yeah, I think so. They'd probably Jonah Bolton. Well, yeah, you'd go with jo- Jonah Bolton and and even Hunter, yeah, who's yeah. having a breakout year yeah. and he's been so massive for them. Yeah. So, you know, they've done well to add those pieces to make up for him. Mm. Um, and then you throw him back in, it'd be uh, be fairly interesting yeah. to see what would happen. Jack White would be interesting. If he was to come to the NBL, is there a team that instantly comes to mind? Because I, I find it hard to imagine him going back to Melbourne because I, I don't think Melbourne would cut somebody for mm. him and they've done well to replace him. Without putting words in your mouth, you can give your own opinion. He's absolutely what the Perth Wildcats are missing. They haven't been able to replace Luke Travers. No. He would be everything that this Wildcats team would need. Oh, I totally agree. I think, again, he's a guy that doesn't matter what roster you put him on, they'd be automatically better. For sure. But you're right. It's exactly what the Cats need. Mm. You know, that screener, rebounder, tough nut on the defensive end. He um, doesn't need the ball. He's like, no. he, he can have a big impact without needing anything run for him. Yeah, and I think that's... Exactly what the cats need. Um, so, look, interesting to see what happens. You know, I think a team like Brisbane could use him as well. Um, yeah. You know, he'd fit right in, into that four spot. But yeah, uh, there's there's plenty of teams that could certainly use mm. him. But you're right. If the cats want to really take a leap forward, I think he would be the perfect perfect pickup for him. If you're Melbourne, would you try to find a way to fit him in? Again, tough. Because mm. you got Luau Chul and Huck Porty yeah. and, and those guys. Yeah. Again, I'm sure you could find room for him. Yeah. And you'd, you'd bring him back in a heartbeat. And he would he would certainly have loyalties because of everything that he went through there yeah. and the medical staff that helped him there. So it'd be hard to walk away from that. Mm. Absolutely. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Yes, it will. By the time next week, we might have some more answers, Cody. So we'll, we'll find out. And... We're going to get plenty of answers throughout round five, so hopefully you've enjoyed our discussion. Hopefully we've helped you find a winner. Thank you to Hoop7 for making this show possible. Once again, thank you to TabTouch. Head to tabtouch.com.au or download the app and find find your exclusive options there, Cody, mm-hmm. which everyone can check out. Um, I'll wrap things up there and leave you to let us know what's on your mind, Cody. Yeah, no, look, head to TabTouch. Get around our multis. You know, again, you know, I said it on, on the Tab Tab Radio the other day on, on last Friday. If- if anyone's got anything for us and, you know, wants to reach out, got something that they want to want us to talk about or anything like that, feel free to, to hit us up on the socials. Um, you know, we're, we're happy, to, happy to do that. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He is probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Jane. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.